Ham and rolls, ham and rolls, ham and rolls. Welcome to the Ham and Roll Show with your hosts, Josh Janice and Jared Bell. We bring awareness to the topics that we are thinking about, and hopefully everybody's thinking about just two monkeys rifting off each other, trying to learn what this whole crazy universe is about. Welcome to the Ham and Roll Show. In today's topic, we have an interesting one for you. Josh just kind of sprang this one on me. So um, I think the topic, if I'm not mistaken, Josh, is does the United States have a obligation to stop genocide in this world? Is that, is that what you just told me like five it's, seconds ago? Because I'm still <laughs> grasping my head around this. Essentially, yes. What, what does the United States need or what moral obligation do we have to stop things like, it doesn't necessarily need to be genocide, but let's use genocide as an example, ethnic cleansing of certain people. Uh, this all came about because I was listening to... Yeah, why don't you give us a little background on this yeah. before we just start talking here. <laughs> just just hop right into genocide. I listen to uh, Joe Rogan pretty pretty often. I, I don't listen to the, the comics per se, but I, I listen I to... I went to his show last night. Oh, Did yeah. you know that? Was it, it was good? funny as fuck. Dude. Was it? Oh, my God. I forgot how funny that man is. And the guys that opened up... Awesome. I heard, yeah, Tony Hinchcliffe. I heard. Killed yeah, him. I didn't really know who he was, but he's a he's a, uh, a interesting cowboy character, that's for sure. But he plays that role perfect, man. An interesting cowboy character. All right, back to genocide. All right, back to yes, from <laughs> genocide. All right, Squirrel the comedy show, and back to genocide. Uh, so I listened to, and if I pronounce the name wrong, I apologize. Yanmi Park on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yanmi is a North Korean defector. She uh, escaped North Korea when she was 13 years old and escaped to China, which, you know, wasn't much better. Um, in China, she was basically, uh, her mom and her were uh, basically sex slaves because they had to get, I mean, it was, if you go back to North Korea, they're dead. So you have an option between those two things. And then she and We think we got hard decisions. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... It puts everything in, in perfect perspective. So anyway, go, goes from China to then to South Korea, and there's there's ways that she did that, and then eventually made her way to America. The stories that she has from living in North Korea and being part of the you know surf class. I, I don't remember what the term was for her, but. Uh, being of uh, a lower citizen is unreal. It's actually shocking, uh, you know, the the type of behavior that people do to each other. When you hear these stories from people that that have lived it, I, I got an example. I'll let you go, but I mean, I, you just clicked something in my head when I was hearing things like this, and it's like, fuck, man, this really happens. We don't even know. Like, we're so blissfully unaware with the the challenges that we face in our country. That, which are real challenges, but they're not the same scale as the challenges that people face every day in places like North Korea. Almost those food, clothing, shelter challenges where we've evolved past a majority of, of that, that basic human right to live what challenge. You, what you're suggesting is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Correct. That's exactly right. And from that's, she brings that up, not Maslow's hierarchy of needs. She brings up, you don't get to think about art when you're hungry every day and and being one who fasts uh, understanding the difference between 
like uh, cravings and actual hunger is a very different thing. And when you're actually hungry and you, I couldn't imagine when I fast and I get hungry, if it, you know, three, four, five day fast, you, you actually start to feel not going hungry. to write a freaking book when I'm starving to death. You just can't, you can't, oh. it's a different thing. And, and the way that they control the people is that way. So they don't have electricity. Apparently, that's I, interesting that you said that, that, that I mean, it's, they, it's actually a, a power tool. That's right. They don't have electricity in the vast majority of North Korea. They don't have um, any food. Everything belongs to the state. So if you grow food or you get into some sort of trade or whatever, if if it doesn't go to the state, it's illegal and you can be executed for it. And then you see them sitting in palaces and shit, you know, like that just drives me crazy man it's like fucking nuts yeah. it's absolutely nuts here's the even crazier thing they are look so what is kim jong-il I don't, I don't remember the order but anyway his dad is looked at as god and now kim jong is the son of god and they literally according to her took the story from the bible literally took the story from the bible and just implanted instead of god and jesus it's now these two. Just mass manipulation. You know, of, and, and think about it. If you never came in contact with different ways of thinking or even knew there was anything different than that, how are you going to think different? How are you going to be different? How are you going to act different? You know, We and, have an episode on awareness. that They did not have the awareness that this other thing, these, this other way of living was out there. And, um, you know, Matt, our, our first episode was about knowledge and that's really where the show came from is is spreading knowledge on topics that that are important to people but it all starts with knowledge you can't do it think it act it or become it until you know about it first i mean it it, it is like the beginning point that's right so the, before we get into the 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 do is america have this obligation i when you were talking about uh, the lady from north korea i won't try to pronounce <laughs> the, the name because now i don't really remember names and who wrote books, but you know, I at least remember the highlights. But uh, my buddy Pete uh, was farming for a while, lived on, on a farmhouse, and it's, it's a big Hmong community that, that, that farms around there. And this guy, Tony, we would go sit in the field with him and just drink some beers, and, and he would tell stories. Now, I'm probably screwing this up a little bit, too, because I screw up all stories, but uh, that he came from Vietnam, and they were hiding in the jungles, you know, with their families so they didn't get murdered, and, you know, like this... And we would just sit around and drink beer with this guy, and he would tell us just, it, it, was, it was almost like a, a movie or, or, or surreal, you know, like that, that people actually came from that. And now you're sitting in a field in Wisconsin, you know, I mean, that's just, it's, but that shows you the potentiality, which we'll be talking about on another podcast. Po- 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 <laughs> Is this a podcast, Josh? <laughs> yes. So, no mimosas today either. Oh. Those. Those types of opportunities to talk with those people are such a great perspective changer because we get caught up in the challenges that we have of, you know, should we have uh, transgender bathrooms? And meanwhile, there's a lot of people, millions of people that are in this world, tens of millions of people that are in this world that are facing daily challenges of starvation, daily challenges of genocide genocide daily challenges of uh, of jail clothing for no yeah i mean it's incredible and we that perspective is is so powerful for us 
I think I, the way that I look at it when I hear her story, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well my forget about my problems. Now. And you can definitely use things like that. I think to better yourself to realize, you know, obviously that somebody else has it worse. Yeah. And, it, and and it's not that that situation is what limits you to what you can do. Right. All right. So, anyways, let's. I'm actually interested in the topic of. Is there an obligation, right? Is there Correct. is there being now? Let's let's say what would make the U.S. the one who would be obligated to now throughout history. I mean, you go back 600 years. There was probably different countries that would have been the ones that were obligated to call keep peace in the the area, or peace in the world. You know, maybe it wasn't as big back then, in, in the sense we didn't we weren't a one world planet. But that didn't make sense, did it? I don't know. Well, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Uh, like. Because we can travel so much, because cultures, we can see different things. Like there, there's, you didn't even know the Indians existed That's when right. you were in Spain back in the day. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, what what makes that obligation? Well, I, I think the question is, do we have an obligation? So let me let, let's let's put two things on the table. Okay, we have atrocities that are going on throughout the world in different countries. There's no doubt. I don't think anybody argues that. With these atrocities come. Death, starvation, awful humanitarian problems. If we go and we, so we can sanction them, like we sanction North Korea, it makes life worse for North Koreans. Okay, well, that's one way of handling it. What, what if we just, you know, go and knock at their door and say, hey, we got bigger balls, right? We got bigger, yeah, guns. bigger guns. Yeah. Well, how, how many... <laughs> How Eric many has got people? big balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ma Bell. <laughs> uh, so we go knock on their door. How many Americans are going to die for that? How many people in America are going to be like, why? We can't even, th- there's starvation in this country. We can't even deal with our own country to a 100% maximum. Why are we dealing with another country? But if human beings are a species that, that are all the same, and there are these atrocities going on in the world. Should we just let them go on? Should should there not be some kind of law and order, or somebody that's going to step up to the plate and say, "Look, I'm going to take, I'm going to try to take care of this at least, or try to do good, or try to do something about it." Since we're both monkeys here, and there's no, there's certainly no right. I, well, to me, I don't think that there is a right answer because if I had a son or a daughter that went overseas and died in North Korea or North Korea sent over a nuke that we didn't know that they had. I mean, I know that they have, well, <laughs> no, right. I've heard that they have nuclear capabilities, but not the capability to send a, a missile over here. But let's say that happens. And then we lose because we invaded them. Now we started world war three, right? Is that what's best for, for everybody, for everybody. And then the idea that who judges this, right? Is it, the, is it the people? We never vote on wars. That's, that's the president that, you know, I mean, there's obviously three branches of our government, but the president can write off on, on you know, we got to go. And, you know, is that too much power? I mean, there's so many questions that go into this. So since we're two monkeys, why don't we start off with just your gut opinion on this? I know I dropped this one on you pretty quickly, but sure, yeah. what's your, I didn't, what's I didn't your think gut about opinion? this one. It all sounds like you had some good thoughts to it, which is, is great. Um, two things stand out in my mind right away is, is one, is anytime you solve a problem, you're going to create a new one. That, that doesn't matter if you solve your weight problem, you might create a, you know, a 
yeah, a caffeine habit, a or caffeine. if you work it's out too often, or like yeah, something, there's right? Always, there's yeah. always a there's always a repercussion of 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 taking an action. So, um, how do you gauge that the new problem is smaller than the original? I think or, that's or kind better. Of, Maybe not even. It could be bigger, but better. But right? better. Like, it, I, it was a step forward somehow. Right. right. I have too much money. Could really be a problem. I don't. But if I did, that can be a real problem, and how to handle that, right? That's a better problem than starvation, in my opinion. In my opinion also. So the way I, I guess my brain keeps going to on this is that I believe there's a social obligation of, of businesses. I think that's one of the things that um, is starting to come around in, in, in business organization and business structure that, that existed years ago and, and kind of fell off when it, when it just got to that capitalistic Take as much for me, you know, mentality. But you know, bankers actually used to be your 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 greatest friend. They were the most honorable business people out there. And then you know, some things happen, and obviously nobody thinks that shit anymore. <laughs> but I got a couple good bankers. Um, so excuse me. So I think I think there is an obligation. Well, hold on. You said on business. I, I'm unclear as to your point. Well, so. so if there's a social obligation to businesses, organizations, governments being the the largest of organizations in our world, that there is a social obligation to try to better humanity. Based on what? You asked me what my fucking opinion. I yeah, gave yeah. it. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> okay, I, I, that's a fair answer. Fair answer. Um. I think there's, you know, again, I haven't really thought this through, but I think there's patterns that, that have been shown, right, from religions to tribes to that, that when these groups get together, these people organize, that they're always, there's at least some factor where they're trying to better the greater good. And why that exists, I'm not quite sure. I don't really have much of a thought on it, but I think you could go through that that's pretty consistent throughout history and governments or, you know, depending, you know, maybe they thought it was good and it was really bad. You know, maybe that's an interesting example of what if, you know, call it a, a Nazi Germany, right? Could they, they view that they were doing the world a better, a better favor, but nobody really agrees with that. Well, so. history, in, in history, we don't agree with that. But at the time, there were people that agreed with that. And it was based on propaganda too. Isn't that interesting? You know, like we were, you were just mentioning in North Korea how they limit that knowledge. So, again, I think the step is to get the world to it. Let's say the overall big solution is to get the world knowledgeable enough because people will make good decisions if they have great information. All right. Most people are good. Well, that, if you thing. if you can provide your food, clothing, shelter. Right. If you're stuck in that base, you might be robbing people and thieving and, and stealing, but it's. To provide those basics, once you kind of get past that, it seems that a lot of people, at least if they're given the opportunity to produce the same result, one hurts somebody, one hurts somebody, and one doesn't, they're going to take the one that doesn't. Okay, I, I I see where you're coming from, and I agree with you. I'd like to add to your point that once you take care of or fix a problem, another one blossoms. Additionally a problem that is an itch that is not scratched also can be a problem. So uh, let's take, for example, uh, Germany between World War I and World War II. There was 
from what I understand of history is, you know, the sanctions and, and how we treated Germany after World War One, maybe rightfully so, but how we treated them, there was such a blowback uh, that allowed somebody like Hitler to take control of what was happening in that country. And that country was uh, a hardworking, <laughs> they weren't a country that was going to be kept down. And they, you know, they rose up with this leader that was tremendously charismatic, but also almost That's certainly, it. almost certainly evil. Right. And so we didn't, we didn't get into the war for years. We were just going to see who won. <laughs> like we, we, we now decorate ourselves as, you know, two time world champions. Right. But that's not really what happened. We came in at the end of the war and, you know, we thought that that side was going to win. And, you know, luckily <laughs> with our help, it did, but let's not mistaken. Like it, we were, it wasn't like we were, Oh, they have these concentration camps. We're, you know, we didn't do it necessarily for just the humanitarian reasons. Correct. But the, I think that was at least a, a, a factor. Maybe it's more on the propaganda factor of getting people on board with it. Right. Uh, uh, correct. So, you know, we, we so in that scenario was, you know, I would think one piece that that definitely stands out is that let's say the highest obligation or the, the, the people that are looked at to take action are the ones with the most power. I think power, if you're the little country, no one's looking at you. If you're the little organizations, nobody's looking at you. You're looking at the person that, that has the ability, right, has the resources to actually take massive action and produce massive results. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Great, great, greatly said. <laughs> great, great, <laughs> great, great. Um, so in that, in that case, you know, was it our obligation? Did we fail our obligation because we came in late? So let's, that's what can happen if you don't, like, it, if we wouldn't have came into the war, would almost certainly, Germany would have won, or, well, I don't know. I don't know what would happen in Russia. Whatever. It definitely, we, we turned the tide a little bit, okay? And I, I shouldn't say a little bit. We turned the tide. Now, what if Germany wins that war? Do, do, is our country the same 70 years, 80 years later? Right. Like there's a there's going to be a cost to that evil taking over Europe. Absolutely. And so we could have paid that cost in the way that we did with I, I forgot how many casualties we had in World War Two, but a, a very significant amount. We paid that cost as a country and then came out the other end as a world power. Our other option was to wait and see what happens and see what the cost is on the back end. With North Korea, and what could that cost have been? So you know, I mean, that cost could have really been. answer this freaking question is what you know. I'm, I'm kind of hearing, meaning you could look at it and say the world would be a much worse place, and that we did get involved, that we saved that from happening, but we did it at a you know a very large cost to the United States. But you could say you know they would have fell apart in ten years, and it would, you know well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Or, or they. They could be dominating the world currently. They could have taken us over, you know, uh, 20 years later, right? Like, we don't know. I think you should fire up your future machine, Josh. <laughs> well, that wouldn't even be the future machine. That would be like a what-if machine, yeah, let's right? Like, what is that magic eight ball? Like, could you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine that? Well, what if this happens? Like, whoa. Holy shit, let's not do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so with North Korea as an example, now that that they have nuclear capabilities, like there could be we perhaps twenty years ago we could have paid that cost, and it would have it would have cost some lives, but maybe we would have you know taken care of it. Now, well, now it's a uh, it, it's an even higher cost. And oh by the way, what I haven't mentioned at all is China's backing of North Korea. I mean China. Without China, North Korea doesn't survive. China enables North Korea to be North Korea for multiple reasons. That is another can of worms. So, okay, we go into North Korea. There's too many atrocities there. Let's go fix it. Well, okay, we thought we, were, we thought we were going into a grade school and taking the lunch money back from the bully. And realistically, we have to deal We're with all... to beat up the principal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, who happens to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so... But that, true. That, that's, thought, you huh? know, so, so where is that cost? So this question, this is why it intrigued me so much. This question is almost impossible to answer. Like, and it's not only North Korea. But somebody has to answer it. Isn't that, hey, the president of the United States, right? Or, or whoever really makes those decisions... Somebody has to take this up and, and, and make a decision, and that's what leadership is, right? Well, that's an, there's an, leadership is another topic we could, we could definitely yeah, talk actually, about. Yeah, I would like to talk that, about yeah, that. Yeah, we write that one down. The, you know, for the point of this podcast, I think that we've done a good job of saying that this is not an easy thing. So when you listen to a podcast like Yan Mi Park, I hope that's the way to pronounce it, when you listen to that podcast, you feel like, man, there's got to be something we can do. It's awful. But it's just not that simple. Are you, are you, the listener, you, Jared Barrell, me, Josh Janice, are we willing to sacrifice our life for North Korea's freedom? Are we willing to sacrifice money, time? What, what, what you know, are, are we willing to sacrifice what is a, willing a, a like on Facebook to support? What, what, you know, like, what is what it? What is the acceptable loss? Yes, and, and you have to think about it not only, if you're the president, assuming that you're a good man, you would have to think about it not only from, those are people too, right? The North Koreans yeah. are people too. And like, you know. And most of those people are good. Yes. Right? I mean, it's just kind of a side story, you know, like growing up and and the perception I had of, of Mexico. Well, hold on, dear. Do you hear that? I do. What is that? Oh, I think that's are your phone. Is that my phone? No. I don't think I changed anything. Maybe it is your phone. My oh, maybe your cord's just... I don't know. Okay. It's a ghost. Hey, what did we just say we were going to write down? Uh, leadership. Leadership. All <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, maybe watch out for your cord. Right. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Sorry and that's part, of, that's part of the, you know, the allure of what we're talking about because it's such a big topic. And we get caught up in, you know, right and wrong. Well, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. But these topics don't have an easy answer. And we're... Look, it's not like I was trying to bring up before your cord went bonkers. It's not just North Korea. What's going on in, in, uh, in Israel right now, in Palestine, right? Like the, the, and how far do you go? Right. And then those people that, but again, we actually set ourselves up where somebody has to make that decision, and, and that's the job of our, of our government leadership. But what a, a, a task to tackle on a daily basis. I think it's impossible. I, and it's not impossible to make the decision, but to know what's right and wrong, I think is, that's is right. where it's that, impossible. To, uh, for, and what are you judging it on? 
what is your your morality, Jared, is different from my reality, Josh, and neither one of us is right, right? Because it's going to be different from Megan's reality. It's going to be different from Donald Trump's reality. It's good. Well, you know, I know the best. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. All your employees know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's it's just such a a really difficult challenge. But it, I shouldn't even say difficult. Difficult challenge is you know running a marathon. There's an end goal. The end goal of of uh, going into Iraq. Where, where are, what happened with that? You know, like, it's not like you fit, crossed a finish line. Oh, now it's perfect. Or Afghanistan or all these different places that we've already gone in and tried to occupy, occupy air quotes, but it doesn't work. And now there's a, a power vacuum that is, you know, greedy people try to take over. And, you know, how do they control people? Well, you know, fear. It's, it's, there's just... There's no good answer to me. What my mind just went to was, if, if you look at what occurs in, in today's world among governments, they're automatically, like, like we do get involved. Now, we're talking more, do we go in there with guns blazing versus what we are involved on a daily basis, right? We're doing sanctions. We're doing these meetings. We're at least talking. We're you know, have our leadership getting together to discuss these topics. But it's, it's so on our question, which is, is there an obligation? The fact that it, it occurs naturally almost in every situation, uh, it almost seems to me that, that you're almost inevitably involved in, in other people's, but I guess it's, it's because of the cross connection in today's world versus if you had two tribes that didn't know each other. Yeah. And, and if you did that, then is your measure because, or is your measurement how much benefit you can get by intervening? So and benefit know, for who? Or, well, the country that you're running, oh. right? I mean, if, if uh, the country of North Korea was supplying, you know, something to China, which it does, then for the Chinese, it has no financial benefit to stop, stop supplying them with money, right? There's no, there's just not a benefit. So how don't we sell half the guns to all these guys anyways? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Huh? You know, what? There, there's, there's so much here and how do we measure greater good, right? I mean, you know, you remember the movie Swordfish with John Travolta? Yep. You remember, like... You know, Great movie. Yeah. Would you kill a busload of kids to for a cure to cancer? I mean, I know my answer to that. Yeah. And and because I, I, I do view it from the greater good, and the one I always use is give everybody in the world a nuclear button. And see what happens, right? Because when people aren't ready yet, now there's nothing you could do to me to make me hit that button. I mean, you could kill my my parents, my family, my sister, cut off every limb. There's no way I'm gonna do that to humanity because I, I, I personally have a belief in the value of of the specialness of 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 human beings. You know that that, that we are connected to this. I think everything's connected, but there's something that puts us on like a pretty high plane on whatever the hell that is. Yeah. So 
Um, I don't know where the hell I was going with that, to be honest with you. Well, you said for the greater good. I mean, you know. So you, what you is said, the greater good? Well, you said, yeah, yeah, so uh. there's a book called, and I've mentioned this to you before in our, um, in our talks, but there's a book called Doing Good Better, and he attempts to, like, add a scorecard, you know, like, okay, life longevity, life uh, happiness ratings, uh, you know, food, shelter, and how many people are starting to go up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and kind of putting that into a point system so we can make these decisions somewhat mathematically, which also poses a problem because it's not a, it's not, it, to me, it's not a mathematical equation. I think it should be brought into the equation. I don't know if that was a pun, but the idea that we can just, well, okay, this is because of this score. That there's a perfect scorecard that, that equates everything. Yeah, you just don't, uh-huh. it would be impossible. But I, I do agree that let's let's take as much of the scorecard as we can. That's That yes. can be a pretty definitive and you know clear, concise way to make decisions that at least people can understand and relate to. And then you can change those uh, comparisons, right? You can change those gauges um, to update and adjust to making it better constantly, right? Yes. You're never going to have the perfect scorecard all the time. So I do like that. And, you know, the the idea of, and we have, uh, we're coming up on the end of this half hour. Well, I'm going to make a statement real quick. Um, I think there is an obligation of, call it superpowers, the organizations that, that wield the most ability to influence. There is an obligation to try to better humanity, not just yourself. So uh, in, in answering, if the U.S. is obligated, my answer would be yes. I also am going to say that we are morally obligated to do, uh, to do something. And if you need a reason, I think well, I believe in karma, let's say. And our failure to act based on selfish items will come back to us. And... I don't know what that means. I don't know, meaning like, I don't know if we're supposed to go in there guns blazing or, or continuous sanctions or if we're supposed to, I don't know what it means. But I do know that there there has to be, from how I view culture, there has to be an opportunity for us to do something. And if we don't do that something that we know that we should do, there's going to be a cost to that. And I think that cost is always going to be higher. And I agree, and that's that's where I was going with the nuclear button real quick, was that humanity's not ready to make the decisions as humanity yet. So these these superpowers, these organizations do have this obligation, and hopefully someday, you know, everybody can vote, and people's voting will be very aligned because it's based on the greatest information that can be provided to everyone equally, and let them decide. On that note, on that note, I think uh, I think this episode has uh, been a good one. Yeah, unexpected, but a good one. Hammond <laughs> rolls. Hammond rolls. Hammond rolls. Hammond rolls.